the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our, here's our worldwide audience listening to Rescuers Radio Show right now. And um, I have a guest here that uh, is just dynamic, and and we'll get to that in just 30 seconds. But uh, we have a new website for Rescuers Radio Show. It's uh, rescuersradioshow.org. So take a look, and that's where you can pick up the podcasts and everything, uh, the live show, the podcast, all of it. My guest today is Ryan Penny, bronze medal winner at the Tokyo Paralympics. How's that sound? Well, it sounds pretty good. I mean, <laughs> uh, never thought I would say that in my life. <laughs> well, um, gosh, it's so nice to have you. And Ryan and I have actually known each other, and I'm very familiar with his family and uh and we've had fun through the years and, and a lot of conversations, but this one is quite unique, coming right back from Tokyo, right? That is that is true. And you're just getting recovered from uh, jet lag and everything yeah. that goes with that kind of a flight. Yeah, I've been home for about a week, and uh, they say what one day for every uh, time zone you're 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 home you're away from. So I mean, it's uh, what 14 hour difference. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. Been a big deal. So um, before we go too far. Uh, into your competition side, uh, give us a little look into your backstory. Uh, how did you end up at this point in your life? Well, I was uh, born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, graduated from Horizon High School. Nice. Give a little uh, shout out to them. And um, I uh, joined the military, United States Air Force, uh, in the year 2000. Uh, served um, even here in the Valley uh, uh, with the Arizona Air National Guard and uh, retired in 2014. Uh, I say that's a 14-year career because in uh, 2012, I um, got a spinal cord injury in uh, riding a bike, uh, of all things, racing a bike, I should say. And, uh, and you know, that's when uh, my new life started. You know, I had a great, great career uh, in the Air Force, and then um, God gave me the opportunity to, uh, to start a new life. You know, and it is it is my blessing. I mean, that's a big thing is I I, I don't like it when people tell me, oh, I'm so sorry for you. You know, when they see me in a chair. But this is this is the gift that I was given. This is the blessing that I was given to be able to show people what's possible post a traumatic event. And then from 2014, I decided to to ride hand cycles. Nice. So we're going to go deep into that. I do want to reflect a little bit on the Air Force here because. Uh, I, I found out from from reading your information, we 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 were at the same base, right? Fairchild Air Force Base in Spokane, Washington. I was a little bit before you. I served from sixty seven to seventy one, and you were after that, of course. 
But uh, I, and this and and don't take for granted that he just served and and a, a veteran is a veteran is a veteran. Ryan's uh, uh, very unique because you served in some mid eastern locations. I did. Uh, and you have earned air medal, aerial achievement medal, combat readiness medal, outstanding unit award in valor with valor, and among others. Um, uh, you just didn't sit on your backside with doing time, right, for the Air Force. Uh, you know what? No, I didn't. I mean, a lot of to a lot of people, you know, when they find out I was in their other military members, I would would say we yeah. have a nice little friendly friendly rivalry, and uh, you know, the Air Force has this reputation. But no, I mean, we're we're very very hardworking uh, people in the Air Force, and yeah, with all those medals, you know, it's not just me; it's it's the team around, you know. And you were. Uh, um, you were in a tanker, KC-135 refueler, for m- probably many aircraft and helicopters and whatever else. Yeah, just, I mean, just, just aircraft. We didn't refuel okay. air, uh, okay. helicopters. Okay. Um, they're too slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't keep up with you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really important to keep that, uh, that, that uh, speed exact, right? Right. So when you're trying to refuel a B-52 or something like that, that those were the planes that the real planes when I was there. F-16s. So, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> uh, and um, so anyway, uh, we we all had the joy of watching you uh, compete at the Paralympics in Tokyo, uh, which came two or almost three weeks after uh, the regular Olympics, and then they went into the Paralympics. And um, I know my wife and I sat up because it was odd hours for us. It was like, you know, 1 a.m. or right. something like that. Right. So we watched as much as we could. We did a lot of uh, recording and, and watching. But, um, uh, it, 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 you know, it's a joy watching. Uh, and, and this is part of the story I want to get at with you, because um, if there's an injury or, or however it is, that uh, anybody that was in the Paralympics came upon whatever that is they have that they're dealing with in life, they overcame that to get to that stature and capability to use your body in a different way in in Olympics, for crying out loud. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people don't realize it's not just overcame, they are overcoming on a daily basis, nice. you know, Um People think of Olympic or you know pro athletes. It's not going to get better. It, uh, some, I mean, it it, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. You know, at, at right. this point, and I mean, there's some athletes that, you know, I mean, we we think of the Olympic athletes or the the you know able bodied athletes as we like to call them. Um, is you know they they get up in the morning, do their normal routine, and then they go into their practice or their training or their you know their their competition and. A lot of us Paralympics athletes, you know, we have to deal with our injury before we can start training, you know, and sometimes that dealing with the injury is a is a full time gig. It is a full time gig um, uh, in itself. And then we have to find the 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 wherewithal. We have to find the determination to 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 start our training regiment. Yeah. So um, I want to go back to the when the injury happened. Sure. You were in the Air Force at the time. I was. And uh, you were racing. BMX bikes. BMX bikes. <laughs> <laughs> the little guys. Yeah. I mean, I loved bikes. I loved bicycles, you know, mountain, road, everything in every capacity. And uh, I 
you know, there was a national race in Las Vegas. I wanted to go see my family, my dad and my, my, my stepmom and my little brother up there. I figured I just got back from a deployment, a little bit of R&R, go race a bike and visit my family. Yeah. You know, have fun. So you were aerial probably when this happened, right? Uh, actually I was not, I was, I was on the ground heading into, you know, around the first, first berm and, uh, got, got my handlebars crossed up and catapulted off the bike, tucked my head. Um, luckily never, never hit my head, never lost consciousness, but, uh, uh, you know, broke my back and, um, pretty much immediately knew that, uh, life was going to be different. Mm. So it severed the spine at, at some location? Uh, I mean, I, I won't say severed cause it didn't cut the spine, but I mean, it severely da- damaged it. You know, yeah. com- you know, I have a, a, a complete spinal cord injury. So at that time, and you have a unique way to put this, um, you, 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 you found yourself, you're at a crossroads at that time. I can either give, give up and say, okay, this is the rest of my life. Right. You didn't do that. No. Um, it was really unique. The the EMT at the time, uh, Christina Curtis, who, who who showed up, she was one of the first responders there. Me and her are friends to this day. Um, I remember grabbing her hand and looking at her and saying, Christina, you know what? You win. You, you praise God when you win and you praise God when you lose, you know? And that's that's a, a, a quote that she has told me, you know, that has bonded us to this day. And that's what you do is you have to praise God in, in everything that happens because— even from an early age, I used to tell myself, um, you know, God doesn't give you anything, give you anything you can't handle. And for some reason that all popped into my head as I'm laying on the gurney going into the, um, ambulance. Wow. Right then. I I mean, I don't know why I really don't. Wow. I, I, I've, I've heard it said with another guest I had on at a different time, um, a quadriplegic, but, and, and, uh, this person has reframed, Romans eight, where everything ter- will uh, go to go good for uh, will turn out good as for those who love God. She has an extension of that saying that God will allow something He hates to achieve something He loves. In her case, um, she ended up uh, birthing, and and to this day, fifty years later, having a worldwide ministry. And you're in that light. You're you're in that same path. So he allowed that to happen to you. He didn't like that, but look what he's doing. The way he's using your life. You're you're a, an inspiration to many. I mean, I just try to live, you know. And that's the thing is like, uh, I'm not a big fan of the word inspiration, you know. Um, I'm just trying to to live my best life and the and and enjoy the life that I've been given you know and if that inspires people great you know um and I guess that's just my ministry is just trying to show people what is possible and there's nothing nothing in this world that can that can stop me and should stop us from living our living our best life yeah so um you um after that, after that incident, right. you went because inside of you is a competitive spirit. You're you're an athlete, and you needed to figure out a way to transfer that to where you were, where you are. Right, and I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Uh, luckily, when I got hurt, it was in 2012. Uh, the Olympics and the Paralympics were actually going on in London, um, and uh, my uncle 
uh, Henry Rojas actually gave me a call and he goes, hey, you know what, Ryan? We've been watching the Paralympics. We've been watching what's going on. And uh, Josh and I, um, we know, we know something. You're just going to excel at something. We don't know what it is yet, but you're going to excel at something. And I just, I just remember those words all always resonated eight, nine years later. And I'm going, there's going to be something. I just don't want to know what it is. I just luckily got uh, introduced to, to hand cycling. Hand cycling found me. Um, I tried wheelchair basketball. I tried, you know, the push rim, which is like running. Um, and I just, nothing, nothing satisfied me. Nothing, you know, I just didn't find the joy in it. And then I got donated a, a hand cycle um, shortly after my injury uh, by, a, by a, a nonprofit organization. Mm. Um, uh, it was the Ride 430 uh, at the time, the Free Wheel Foundation. But they, uh, they, they donated me one. And from the moment I got on it, I went around the block and I absolutely hated it. Uh, but I had made a commitment with them. That, it doesn't look like the most comfortable ride. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. And it was riding a bike with your arms, pedaling with your arms, which is extremely hard, you know. Um, and I, But I had made a commitment to them that I was going to do the ride, do the charity ride with them uh, the next year, the next October in 2014, I believe it was. Uh, no, I take that back, 2013. And um, so I decided I was going to continue to ride and ride and ride. And one block turned to two blocks, one mile turned to two miles, you know, to the point where I started loving it. I was outside. I was free. I was no longer on the couch. You know, I, I got to be out outdoors in Arizona again. Um, and then I decided, ah, I wonder if there's any races that I can do with this, yeah. you know, and then I found a race. I wonder if there's any cycling coaches for me. <laughs> found a coach. All right. If I can compete now, I wonder if I, I want to win this race, which turned into the next race to the next race and finding bigger and better and, and, and faster competitors. So you made a comment <clears throat> that I found looking through some of your material, getting ready for the radio show. Okay. Uh, you didn't want to just compete. You wanted to be the best in the world. Yeah. That was, a, that was your focus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know. There was a competitive spirit, you know. I mean, I come from a competitive family. <laughs> you know, my grandma being, uh, my, my Oma being the, the most competitive person I've ever met in my life. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it was, but it's also setting goals. It's not, it, it's not being unrealistic of going, okay, I'm going to take up this sport and I'm going to be the best in the world today. It's, it's setting the goal of understanding that, it okay. It took years. It took years. Yeah. It's, it, and it's still taking time. You know, I'm not at my, I'm not at my final goal yet. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's one of those where you set, set the goal of, okay, you know, this is the race I'm going to win today. It's a lower, lower level race. All right. That guy, that guy, I know who this guy is and I know how fast he is. Now let's get as fast as that guy. Then you go to the next fastest and the next fastest. And you just, you just, yeah, it's about being the best. By the way, your uncle would shame me if I didn't say to the audience, if you, if you want to hear an interview with Henry Rojas, it was the very first Rescuers Radio Show, mm -hmm. May 7th of 2020. Right. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the stream, uh, podcast stream. Anyway, um, he, would, he, would, he would embarrass me if right. I didn't say something about that. Not that he can, but uh, I'm here and he's not here. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. So, um, uh, so you, you, you set high goals and you work towards that. Uh, by the way, for our audience that are just tuning in, uh, my guest is Ryan Penny. Uh, bronze medal winner at the Tokyo Paralympics uh, road racing 
Yes, that was the that was the team relay. So that was actually the the team event. So I With relied on people. two 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 other people. Two other people. three three oh. people total. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so welcome to the show if you did, if you're just now tuning in. But um, so it's a three man team. It is as opposed to a, a, a running race, which is usually four. So uh, tell me about that. How, how did you get that far? So, so you, had, you had all of this looking forward. You, had already, you were already, already goal setting. Right. And you're already getting comfortable with that, with that cycle, sounds like. You didn't like it at first, right? Sure. Yep. But you grew into it somehow. Somehow. And the only reason why I didn't like it was because it was different, you know. Yeah. Um, it wasn't – I hadn't yet fully, when I first started riding it, the, the hand cycle, I hadn't fully embraced that, hey, I was outside. I was free. I was, you know, doing this, doing things that I did just in a different capacity yeah. uh, bef- before I got injured. Um, but once I – once I, my mind started getting around that, like, hey, look around. You know, look at the trees, look at the, you know, look, uh, look at the sunshine, look at, look at where you're at and you're not in your chair. Um, it was the, the, it, I started falling in love with it, yeah. you know, and falling in love with the sport, um, to the point where For those of you that may not know what this looks like, yes. uh, what's your website? My website is hand biker. Oh man, yeah. I gotta, I gotta think of it. It's not com. It's, um, Oh man, we'll have to dot org or something. Yeah, else. it's something something different. I'll have to find it really quick. Okay, because um, my my wife is the big manager of the of the <laughs> website. Uh, but if you go on Instagram, my my Instagram handle is uh, hand underscore biker. Hand underscore biker. Yes, got it. So and that uh, that has the uh, the website link to it. Yeah, and just and just probably just googling hand biker, they'd find you. Dot us. There it is. Handbiker dot us. That's obvious. That's good. <laughs> That's really good. So uh, let's talk about uh, the the years that you're dealing with this. You're 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 making progress mm-hmm. uh, with other areas of your life. Uh, everything turned up around on you. So you have to learn not just athletics again. You had to learn other things. Uh, how am I going to operate every day? How I'm going to do this or do that? Right. Uh, and people don't people don't realize. Like I had to. I had to learned my new life. I mean, I lost the use of my leg, so I had to learn how to how, figure out. I shouldn't say learn. I had to figure out how I was going to drive again. Could I drive again? You know, I had to figure out. Um, and incidentally, you do drive. Oh, again. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that didn't stop me. I mean, I what? I don't know. Months, just a few months after um, I got hurt, I found out we could put hand controls on the car. And I was like, yeah, OK, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm going to I'm not going to be chauffeured around. You know, I need to, you know, get out. I need to be my own person and not rely on other people. Not saying that asking for help. I mean, that's a big thing from my injury that I realized was asking for help is actually a strength. It's not a weakness. Um, And then relying on my wife, um, I found out uh, the big thing. I mean, kind of going back a little bit, but the big thing I found out was um, was we like to think, you know, as the males in our relationship, we're the rocks in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But I might be the rock and she can rely on me for so many things. I found out at that time that she's the boulder in the relationship, you know, which means she's, she's, she's the foundation underneath that you don't see, you know, you see the rock on the top and you see how strong that rock is, but you don't realize how strong that foundation is. And she's, she's been the foundation. I know what that's like. (laughs) My wife uh, does all the fundamental things to make this radio show work. So that I couldn't do. (laughs) 
Right. I, I feel you, you know, and, 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 and that being said, it's not that I had to learn this. She was, she was figuring it out with me. You know, she was there next to me the entire, the entire way. When I found out, found hand cycling and wanted to ride the bike, she was there, you know, supporting me every step of the way and learning about it as much as she could. Uh, as well, yeah. you know, and then when she, when I told her I wanted to travel to Florida for my, you know, for one of my first races, she's going, how, how are we going to do by yourself? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, by myself. And she's like, all right, well, let's figure out how we're going to do it. Wow. You know, that's and, awesome. And I mean, we're talking, uh, maybe a year into my injury. Yeah. yeah. So somewhere along the line, uh, you, you met, a, you met, a guy, you were. T- we were just having this conversation uh, before coming into the studio. Right. Uh, there's a Bible study involved. Uh, t- tell us that story and and how that motivated you even more. Yeah. So, um, in I would say 2018 is the first time I got invited to a national team, a Team USA um, event, a race. Uh, we w- went to Belgium, and um, I had known some of the some of the team members on there. Um, Tom Davis, Freddie De Los Santos, um, they're good friends of mine now, and I was a little bit of intimidated, you know, by them. And uh, um, when I got there, I uh, I get a message um, on my phone: "Hey Ryan, we're going to meet downstairs at such and such time for a Bible study." Nice for a Bible study <laughs> at a Team USA, you know, competition where it's not just Team USA; it's it's Italy, it's you know, France, it's. All the all, all the nations that are competing at this event, and we're going down to essentially a bar area, and he wants to have a Bible study. I'm going, that's wow, that's impressive. Okay, um, and I say this because it was one of those where everybody, you know, one of the things about Bible studies is I think people on the outside looking in always think it's um, it's exclusive, mm-hmm. and yeah, they yeah. don't know. And the thing with with Tom is Tom, you know, it's very, very hard. And this is what I vastly admire about about the man is that uh, it's very hard to invite people to a Bible study, especially in that in that circumstance, in that in that area, because you don't know what the team coaches are thinking. You don't know what the staff is thinking and you don't know what the other countries are thinking. But he he, you know, put it for himself to to invite everybody and make it an inclusive uh, Bible study and I would say majority of the team in Tokyo since that day, majority it. of the team in Tokyo was in the Bible study. I love it. That's really great. Yeah. And, and, and that's a good foundation to grow from, right? Very good. And become bonded with, with that part of the team. And um, that's really refreshing to hear about that as well. So you had a long road to qualify for these events and to qualify uh, as a team member for the Paralymp- Paralympics in Tokyo, right? Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Well, how did you get along that road to being sure. in, at the Olympics? Sure. Well, I mean, was the Olympics something you you knew about? You wanted to do? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I knew about it. I mean, I put it in the back of my head. You know, I I, I kept it quiet. I didn't you know outwardly tell everybody yeah. that I was going to go. But that was that was ultimately the goal. Um, but I mean, I had to train. You know, go in other competitions and train regularly. Um, not pushing the snooze button is, is, is part of it. Uh, in 20, in 2019, I would say that was some of the qualifying events. Um, and then, uh, 2020, 
got shut down on us, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, right. um, so we had to reschedule. When I say we, Team USA had to reschedule all the all the events. So in 2021 was really all the qualifiers. We did a race in, in Belgium earlier this year um, in which I uh, I took second in the road race. Um, I became the first, uh, first Team USA uh, athlete to um, finish on the podium in a road race um, nice. in my classification. And then, um, then we had uh, team trials in Minneapolis in June, um, and I took second overall on the in the overall rankings list behind one Tom Davis. <laughs> <laughs> God worked that out, didn't right, he? Right, right. Uh, that's amazing. So, um, at the Olympics, was that overwhelming to you? Or, I mean, the, walking into that stadium on opening opening ceremony. I'm down to our last couple of minutes here. Sure, but what did that feel like? Uh, it, you know what? It wasn't overwhelming. It was. It was. It felt like that's where I needed to be. Having USA on my chest again and representing the country, honestly, um, in different capacity, not in the military sense, but it was. It, it felt like that was a, a natural thing, um, and I could just look up at the sky, to be honest with you, and and one praise God that I was there, and then look at my dad who passed away in 2018 while I was going through this, um, and say, look. Dad, we made it because I know he's he's looking down and uh, down, you know, smiling. My gosh, at the at the Paralympics, you you were sixth in the uh, time trials, yes. fourth in the road race, yes. and then the relay, you won bronze. Yes, congratulations to you, and uh, you are an inspiration to so many. I'll call it a rescuer. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Ryan, and you are a rescuer. God bless you. Thanks, Art. Appreciate it. Thanks. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.